Well, good afternoon and welcome to Soul City Church. It's so good to see you on this Mother's Day. Uh, we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Uh, my name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City. And I am Jeannie Stevens, and I am the other lead pastor. And we are so glad that you're here and want to wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day. Yeah, and we also want to say, uh, to, we want to give a little special shout-out, because we've been kind of honoring the moms all day today. We want to give a special shout-out to all of our single parents who are here today who are holding it down. Yes. And you do more than we even realize or know. And we're with you and we're for you and you make it look good. And so we're so grateful that you're a part of this community. We're so, so glad that you are here today. We're in the middle of a teaching series called The Power of Partnering and how God actually made you to depend on others. That God made you to actually live life with others and with him and that we're actually better together when we do that. And so we've been kind of looking at what that looks like today. Specifically, we're going to look at how we can better partner as parents. And so I want to kind of let you know there are all kinds of different folks in this room when it comes to parenting, when it comes to moms, dads, all that kind of stuff. We want to talk about the power of partnering with parents. And so we're kind of covering the whole gamut of uh, parenting this weekend, specifically though around this idea of partnering. So maybe you are a brand new parent. This is very timely for you and you're trying to figure out how to do all this. Maybe you uh, have older kids. Maybe uh, you're a parent who is a single parent like we talked about and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this and make it all work. Maybe for you, you're a parent uh, whose kids are grown and out of the house. Uh, maybe you're a parent whose uh, kids are grown and should be out of the house. Uh, so wherever you're at kind of on the whole parenting thing, what we want to talk about about today is give you a uh, spiritual picture, an actual biblical picture of what it means to partner together and how God designed us to do so. And what we want to do is actually give you two critical questions at the end of our time today that can help shape and transform how you partner together as a parent. And, you know, we actually even have some time that we've uh, put at the end of our message to take some questions that folks have sent in all throughout this last week on social media and stuff. We're going to do our best to address those. So lots of fun stuff to get into today. And, you know, at Soul City all the time, we say this phrase, and if you've been coming around here for a while, you've heard us say this, that our mission as a church is we want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We want your life to be transformed. And I will tell you, of the top things on the list that have transformed me in my life, pain has transformed me, transitions have transformed me, parenting has radically transformed my life. Mm. It is amazing to me that these two little beings that walk about the planet <laughs> have the power and the potential inside of them to transform me in ways that I, I could have never believed were possible. Mm. Uh, parenting has changed my life. Uh, in fact, many times when I'm talking with new parents, uh, they will ask me, you know, we'll, we'll start out and I'm, I'll say things like, how are you doing? How's it going? And they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how much this was going to change my life. I love my child. This is amazing. But will I ever sleep again? <laughs> like, will I ever get a full eight hours, like start to stop of sleep again? And I don't really have the heart to tell them no. No, those days are over. That's done. Yeah. Like that ship has Move sailed. On. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, and and the get. reason for that 
the reason for that is the moment we become parents, everything changes. For those of you that have stepped into this sacred calling of parenting, the moment that happened, all of your life changed. Everything about your life that you once knew is not the same. You are a different person because you are now a parent. And for, for so many different reasons, uh, parenting kind of takes it out of us, right? Mm -hmm. It really does. You probably had no idea how exhausting parenting could be. It's not just physically, right? Because there's so much that goes into parenting that is just physically exhausting. But it's the emotional exhaustion. It's the spiritual exhaustion. And what's amazing is that this process of parenting in the breaking us down <laughs> changes us. Mm -hmm. And it transforms us. And it is an unbelievable tool that God uses to transform us and make us more into the image of Jesus, if we're willing. Now, mm -hmm. I brought along the moment that I became a parent. Uh, I brought along a picture. This is the moment <laughs> that I met Elijah. I could not stop crying. Mm. There was something that got released <laughs> inside of me that just, I just kept crying and crying and crying and crying and I was wondering when it was gonna stop. And so that was the moment that I met him and I'm sure it had something to do with, you know, bringing him into the world and the labor experience. But, mm. you know, I was holding this little child in my arm, this seven pound, five ounce little being thinking, mm. how is it possible that all of life is different now. Hmm. And yet it was. Now this is the moment that I met Gigi. Um, I decided that that first picture, things were not looking, looking so good. Yeah. Um, so I had one more chance to, uh, to change things around. Yeah. So yeah. before the picture was taken, I said, just hold this baby. I'm gonna put a little bit of makeup on here. Smart um, move, smart move. You know, cause this is gonna be in forever and ever and ever. This picture, yeah. you know, this is gonna be the moment they're gonna look at. And so poor Elijah has that. Gigi at least has this, yeah, you know? And um, this was the moment that I met her, but still the same miraculous moment of just going, God, how do I do this? Mm. How do I do this? And then this is the moment that they met one another. And, um, you know, it, it undoes me. It undoes me because these two little beings wrapped inside of them have the power and the potential to transform me like nothing else on this planet. It is amazing to me all that God has taught me through them. They have taught me so much more than I have taught them. And here's the thing, I would stand in front of a bus for them, yeah. and yet they also undo me like nobody else. <laughs> they have a power inside of them that I have not told them about, no. but that power lives inside of them. You need to ask all these people yeah, not to do, tell them. Do not let the secret yeah. out. Don't let the word get out. It is unbelievable to me the power that they can have over me in a moment. And those of you that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing all that God can do in the midst of our parenting. Well, yeah, as Jeannie said, I mean, parenting is a powerful and profound privilege. And uh, it is transformational. It opens your heart to a greater capacity of love that you didn't even think was possible. It is also really, really, really hard. It's really challenging. In fact, at times it feels impossible. 
Because parenting is all at once. Parenting is all of the responsibility with none of the control. <laughs> when they kind of wheel you out of that hospital, or maybe you did a home birth and they pack everything up and they're gone, they've drained the tub, they're out of there, they're gone, right? You are in trouble. They're like, okay, this one's on you now for the rest of their life. All the responsibility, it's, you, it's on you. It's on you, your spouse, or you and your kind of friends that you have you know, raised, it's on you. But you have no control. All the responsibility, no control. You can't control how their lives will turn out. You can't control outside forces or circumstances around them. So you can find parenting to have within it sort of some pressure that comes along with it because so often it just feels like we're doing it all wrong. Any parents in here ever just feel like you're doing it wrong? Right? Any, and, and teachers, those of you who are teachers, you know, it just feels like some days you're like, I don't even, I'm not going to count this as a win. I, is, we broke even today. That's, that's a win. <laughs> you know how that feels, right? So it feels like you're just doing it all wrong. Or, or sometimes as parents, it feels like you're just not doing enough. Any parents ever felt that before? Mm. I just, I'm not, I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it good enough. And then you go on to Facebook or Pinterest and you see just how bad you are <laughs> as a parent. And so you got to do the spiritual act of cleansing and unfollow those friends. They're not helping you in your parenting journey. Or then you kind of wake up one day and find out that you're just doing it like your parents did. And you find yourself saying things like, what, what, no, what? I, I am not, where did I learn that? You learned it from them. And so whether or not you even want to, you find yourself just doing it like how they did it. So parenting can come with a lot of pressure. And the Specifically, there's a pressure to be a perfect parent. Anyone in here ever felt that before? You got to have it all together, especially when you bring the kids to church and you know that you're just having a full-on meltdown in the car or on the walk over here, but you got to get everyone looking good when you walk into church. That pressure to be a perfect parent can be paralyzing. So let me just offer you a word from the heart of God as co-parents, as friends who are in this with you. Let me just offer you a word for those who feel pressure to kind of be perfect parents and to make all the right decisions all the time for your kids. You actually will never be a perfect parent. Let that one go. You'll never be a perfect parent, but you can be a parent who partners. You can be a parent who partners with God, with your spouse, with others. You can be a parent who sees your inadequacies as invitations for others to help you. Mm. You can be a parent who sees the places where you fall short as opportunities for others to step in and partner with you in this incredible task of parenting. And the Bible paints a picture for what this idea of parents who partner look like and for anyone who wants to have kind of more of a partnership relationship. And it's found in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four. So if you have a Bible, I'm gonna ask you to grab it right now. In fact, everyone, if you didn't bring one with you, we got one in the seat back right in front of you. So just look right in front of you. You'll see one here in the overflow space as well. Grab a Bible and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter four. It's page 463 in the Bible. Like we say all the time, we want you to read this and determine this truth for yourself. So unless you have the whole thing memorized, why don't you go ahead and grab one and open to Ecclesiastes chapter four. We're going to look at this idea of partnering and how it works. The book of Ecclesiastes is a wonderful book in the middle of the Bible. If you're familiar with the book of Proverbs, very similar to that, very straightforward, practical, spiritual wisdom. And the writer of Ecclesiastes just kind of lays it out like it is. And so they're kind of in a picture of how life is better when we partner together. And this is what it says in Ecclesiastes four. Let's start in verse nine. It says this, two are better than how many? 
One. one. You've heard that before. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Maybe you've heard this verse before. This actually comes from the Bible, but this sounds like kind of labor economics 101, right? It sounds like something you kind of already know. Yeah, two actually are better than one. When two people are working in sync on the same thing in the same direction, they tend to get more done with a higher quality to their work in a shorter amount of time. Two working on the same thing in the same direction are better than one. And the same is actually true of parenting. When parents part together and are on the same page in the same direction, committed to the same parenting values, that is actually, you get more done as parents and it's more enjoyable Mm. as parents. You get to actually enjoy the ride better together, that the load is actually lighter as parents, that the highs are actually higher because you're experiencing them together and the lows aren't as lonely because you have someone with you. When parents partner together, it's a powerful thing. Goes on to say this in verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who, has, who falls and has no one to help them up. So it says, well, you know, when you fall, and here's the deal, as parents, you mess up all the time. Like on the daily. You mess up. I do at least. I slip. I trip. I mess up as a parent. I fall down. The Bible says when that happens, when you're in a partnership parenting mode, the other one is there to help you up. The other one is there to come around and alongside of you. But it says pity anyone who doesn't have anyone partnering with them in life. They're kind of all on their own when they fall down. This happened this this last week. We were working on homework after school. And so the way we kind of have it divided up is that's something we both do. That's not one of our responsibilities. Both of us do that with our kids. And so, and because we're kind of better at different things when it comes to their homework. And so I'll hop on one and I was with one of our kids that we've been working on the same basic concept for a while now. And they're just not getting it. They're just not getting it. And they're getting frustrated. And then I'm getting frustrated. And I'm finding myself starting to like raise my voice. And no, no, it, no. How many times have we gone over this? And I'm, I'm getting revved up over some homework sheets. And it's happening. What's happening? I'm slipping. I'm tripping. I'm falling. And what ended up happening is I got, I don't, I got incredibly triggered, revved up over some math homework. And I literally had to like look to Jeannie like a 1980s WWF wrestler and tap out so that my partner could slide in under the ropes and take over with homework for me in that moment. And I thank God that she did. She didn't come in and judge me and go, your dad always does this when he helps you with this. She didn't give me that look like rolling her eyes. She goes, I got it. I got it. Because she slips and trips and falls too. And when we're in a partnership together, we give grace to each other and we come around each other and we care for each other and we help lighten the load. That's what it says here. When you fall, because you will, there's someone there to help you and go, I got you. I'll take care of this. You take a break. I'll get this. Goes on to say this in verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. Again, this is kind of just like basic body thermal dynamics going on here. <laughs> two lie down together, they'll keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And this is a very important, I believe, powerful biblical principle that usually applies in most partnerships. Unless, of course, one of the partners tends to take all of the covers in a slow, systematic march towards comfort in which they just ne- like gently tug and roll and pull, leaving the other partner totally exposed to the elements all night long. 
laying there helpless, waking up God only knows in what condition. I'm just saying this is an important verse that I feel like every couple should just work out together. I feel like... Thankfully, we, this is not an issue in our marriage. We might want to do a Bible study on this verse and just see, we'll just see, let's just see what God brings. We'll follow his promptings. Yes. See what happens. Yes. All right, verse 12, it says this. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Pause. Anyone who's a parent at any stage of parenting right now, have you ever felt overpowered by your kids? Any teachers in the room ever felt overpowered by those kids? We threw Gigi a birthday party on Friday night. There was 13 eight-year-olds. We were out of control and overpowered from minute one at that party. They were in control. So anyone who's ever felt that before, you know how that feels. These little ones can have that much power. And it says, though one by themselves may be overpowered, two can actually defend themselves. Two are stronger together and aren't easily overpowered. And then it says this, and I love this imagery. You might want to circle. This is really beautiful, the way that the writer of Ecclesiastes wrapped this all up. He said, a cord or like, you know, a woven together cord of how many? Of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, what every verse has shown us before is what number? Two. Two. Two, two is better than one. Two is better than one. Two is better than one. But then he closes out by saying, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And the implication there, the imagery there, is that of our partnership being woven around God. Mm. That God is the other partner in this mm. partnership. That God is actually the one that we kind of wrap ourselves around, root our parenting, root our lives in. And when we wrap ourselves around God and his principles and his grace for us for all the times that we fail and mess up and his love for us, his vision for our kids, when we are woven around that, there's not much that can come against you or separate that bond. Mm. This is just one of those biblical principles that you can put to the test and see for yourself. That when you wrap your and you root your parenting, your partnership in God, it is hard to come against that. He is the third strand at the center of it all. Now, I love this passage. And maybe for some of you, this might be familiar. You might have heard this before. This is one of those passages in the Bible that you can categorize as a no-duh passage. Like, no, duh, yeah, of course, of course two are better than one. Of course. So while it is a no-duh passage, it's also one that no one does. Mm. Not nearly enough. That we tend to think that we can do it on our own or on our own strength or that parents don't have to be on the same page or that we can kind of just do it the way your parents did it or the way my parents did it or some hybrid of both. That we miss the power of what God's talking about here, that there's a partnership that can be forged and formed in parenting with God at the center, woven around him, that can actually be transformational. And you can see this for the folks that have kind of decided and dedicated their lives to be parents that partner together in whatever capacity, whether they're single parents or they're married or whatever it is, you see that they actually are far more effective as parents. You've seen it. That their kids actually receive a more holistic and well-rounded love from both of their parents. You've seen that they just tend to have more fun. That doesn't mean it's not as much work. Hmm. In fact, sometimes it's more work. But we're having more fun that way. Hmm. 
And on the other side, we've seen when parents don't partner together or don't choose to put some folks in their lives to help them carry the load of parenting, and when they tend to primarily relegate responsibilities to one spouse and say, well, that's just kind of what you do, or when they kind of see parents, and you see parents, and they're not on the same page, they're not disciplining consistently, they don't kind of have a similar vision for what they, how they you know, love their kids or how they do gifts or presents, when they tend to assume that the other spouse will sort of just pick up the slack for whatever it is that they chose not to do, what you're seeing is that the already challenging act of parenting can actually become incredibly inconsistent and ineffective and ultimately incomplete for your kids. They need to see the partners that you've put in your life to help parent them. So the question is, which path do you want to choose with your kids or your future family one day, which path do you want to choose? Kind of figuring out just, we'll just sort of figure it out and go our own way, or we're going to do the work to partner together. And, you know, I would say for us, learning how to partner as parents has been so key and so essential to our growth. And it hasn't just been with one another. You know, Jira is the primary partner that I partner with in raising my kids. But there are so many other people that have come alongside of us to partner mm-hmm. with us in the raising of our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our nanny, Ashley, uh, you know, we call her the third parent mm-hmm. uh, because we couldn't do what we do without her. Uh, my mom, has been an unbelievable friend and partner and grandmother to our kids, other moms, other parents, other people that are in our lives. They are partners to us as we parent our kids. And along the way, we've realized that partnering is key. And so we've learned a few things about what makes a great partnership. Now, I'm going to give you just a couple of things, uh, and this is not an exhaustive list. These are not the only things on the list. There's many more, but these three things have really helped us in our partnering along the way. So you might want to jot them down. Uh, We don't have them like hanging on some beautifully scripted sign in our house. We don't (laughs) get together every morning and, you know, read these things and say we're all committing to these. But these are the things that have helped us, just a few of them, in our parenting as partners. The first is this, and we've kind of mentioned this throughout this message. There is only one perfect parent, and it's not you. There is only one perfect parent, and it is not you. Your heavenly father is the perfect parent. You will never be your child's perfect parent. So my encouragement to you is to stop demanding perfection and to start choosing presence. Hmm. Stop demanding perfection out of yourself and start choosing presence. Here's the thing, your kids actually don't expect you to be perfect either. (laughs) They don't expect you to get it all right, but they long for your presence. Mm -hmm. They long for you to pause, they long for you to sit with them, they long for you to play with them, they long for you to ask them questions, they long for you to wonder about their day, they Mm -hmm. long for you to have a conversation, they long for you to read a book with them. They don't need your presence. Presence, they need Mm -hmm. your presence. Those material possessions, the road that those are taking are just more possibilities for entitlement. Mm. But your actual presence in their lives 
is going to mark them forever. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, as a confession, the number one thing that gets in the way of me being present is this. Mm-hmm. This little device, it is amazing to me how it can just zap me out of presence in a moment. Mm-hmm. Somebody sends me a text. Somebody sends me an email. Somebody sends me a thing. Oh, I, got, I just got to do this real quick. Just real quick, guys. I'll be right back with you. you know? Or the worst is when I try to act like I'm present with mm-hmm. them, but I'm still looking at my device. Mm-hmm. And they see it every single time. Yeah. They're aware of it every single time. Now, my kids are not teenagers yet, but the parents that are mentors to me that are teenagers, they tell me that the number one thing that their child most loves is this. Mm-hmm. Any idea where they learned it from? Mm-hmm. Us, their parents. I wonder if we could turn the tide on this one. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to be perfect Pinterest, Facebook <laughs> compared parents, what if we just said, I'm just gonna be present with my kids. Mm-hmm. No longer perfection for me, but presence. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. And one of the things that has helped most in our partnering is when Jarrett calls me on this. Now, he cannot choose presence for me. He cannot control me. I have told him this for many years. I've, try, I've, tried, I've tried, it doesn't work. You cannot control me. It's not possible. No. So he can't make me be present. But there have been so many times where he has given me the gift of just a gentle toss, a gentle question. Hey, babe, do you think maybe it would be helpful if you put your phone down? Hey, honey, it looks, it looks like you're kind of distracted by work. Do you think, is there anything that we can do right now to help you be here? To be here with us so that you're not there with them? Do you really have to take that phone call right now? Do you think you could delay it? for another time. And you know what's amazing is he's partnering with me in that moment to help me be a better parent. Now, I have to choose. Mm-hmm. I have to choose to put the phone down or I have to choose to not return the email or I have to make the choice myself. But in that moment, he helps me be a better parent that chooses to be present. So that's the first one, to stop demanding perfection and to start choosing presence. The second is to choose your, par- your partner over your child, Hmm. to choose your partner over your child. Hmm. Now there was at some point, I specifically want to talk to those of you that are married in the room and you are partnering together. There was some point where you stood in a church or you stood in a field or you stood in a barn (laughs) or you stood somewhere on a beach or I don't know where you stood and you were probably all dressed up and you made covenant vows. You made covenant promises to that person. And it was a till death do we part, okay? For those of you that are still in that marriage, you are still parenting together. Every time you choose that person over your child, you're choosing the right direction. Here's why. This is really tricky because we live in a society Mm -hmm. that says, choose your kids. Mm -hmm. Just start choosing your kids. Just start choosing your kids. And here's the thing about that. It's great to choose your kids. Mm -hmm. Just choose them second. Mm -hmm. Just choose them second because your kids know when you start choosing them first. 
They're onto it. They're sneaky. They get it. Mm -hmm. They know when I can win mom over. They know when I've got dad's ear and I'm going to bend dad's ear and we're going to make this go my direction. And mom and dad are not a united front. And so I'm going to be able to run this little circus here and I'm going to get my way. Mm -hmm. Early on, Jarrett and I decided no matter what, we will be a united front in this home. And so when we have moments of conflict or tension or um, you know, one kid wants something or another kid wants another thing and, and we're dealing with the tension, even in the moment, we have had a few of these along the way where one of us has made a parenting call and the other one disagreed with it. In that moment, we didn't disagree in front of our kids. Now, our kids have seen us disagree. Our kids have seen us get into squabbles and fights and arguments and all that kind of stuff. They know we are far from perfect. But when we make a parenting call, a parenting decision, we stand by one another. Now, after we put them in bed and we are for sure aware that they're asleep. I can't hear a thing we say. There have been conversations where we have sat down and said, I totally did not see where you were coming on that one. I would not have gone that route. Can we talk about this? I'm not sure if that's what I would have done in that moment. And without judgment and without blaming, there have been times where we've had to come back around with the kids and said, hey, listen, you know mom and dad are united front. We are one team. We call ourselves Team Stevens. We are one team. The two coaches always agree with the calls, okay? We're gonna change the call this morning. And we've had lots of moments mm -hmm. like that. But choosing to be a united front for your kids actually builds their security. It builds their security. And so you constantly saying, mom and dad, we are on the same team. Even if mom and dad are not married anymore, but mom and dad, we are gonna try our very best to be on the same team for you. One of the ways that we model this to our kids is every week we go out and the coaches have a date and the players are not welcome, okay? <laughs> so we have a date night every single week. We've never once invited our kids. We tell them they're not welcome there. We don't want them on the date night. We tell them we're not even gonna talk about them. Then we, we end, up end up talking about, about them. them. <laughs> but we are pouring into our partnership mm -hmm. so that we can pour into our kids. Mm -hmm. But if all we're ever doing is pouring into our kids and never pouring into our partnership, how strong will the coaching staff be? Mm -hmm. Man, those are some great basketball it's preaching, metaphors. It's preaching, Jeannie. Take it Come all on, the way there. Sports. Take it all the way there. Here we go. Sports. Sports. The sports. Sports. I got some she sports loves, She me, loves the so. sports. Love the sports. So, mm -hmm. all right. So that's the second one. The third is this. Play to your strengths, not your stereotypes. Play to strengths, not stereotypes. I have certain strengths. Jarrett has certain strengths. We do those strengths in our parenting, in our partnering. We don't just play roles because that's the stereotype role that we're supposed to play. So Jarrett has things that he does really, really well, and he does those in our family. I have things that I do really, really well, and I do those in our family. And they don't always fall into the typical stereotypes. The only time that we chose to break that was when it came to the things that were necessary for survival. When that baby, Elijah, first came into the world, we both agreed we are going to both be able to do the things so that this child can survive in the world. 
Things like feeding, changing diapers, bathing, keeping that child clean, clothes on, those types of things, doing Gigi's hair eventually. This was essential. Jared needed to learn how to do it. I got one move, the ponytail, and I kill it. <laughs> I, kill it on the, I kill it on the ponytail I'm game. Working on braids for eight years, mm -hmm. we're not there not yet. Not there but yet. <laughs> I, got that pony, I got that pony game on lock. It's coming along. We play to our strengths, not to stereotypes, except for the essentials of survival. The reason I say that, and the reason that this has been so important to us, is I don't know the trajectory of my life. I hope that my kids come and see me when I'm 90 years old and wish me a happy Mother's Day and Grandmother's Day. I don't know if that's how the story's gonna go. I did not want to be the only person on the planet that knew how to feed my kids, clothe my kids, bathe my kids, diaper my kids. And so when it came to the essentials, we were both needed and necessary for those. And it is a way that we have chosen to partnership. Partner. Yep. And parenting at its core is partnering. Parenting at the very core of what it is, is partnering. And what I love is that every single one of us is being parented by a partnership. Our Father God is in a triune relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. We are all being parented by God by a partnership. The Father offers us something different than the Son offers us, something different than the Spirit offers us. Each of us is being parented together in a partnership. And we were not meant to parent alone. Every single parent on this planet, regardless of what your relational world looks like, you are not meant to do this on your own. You are meant to do this in a partnership. And our prayer, our prayer is that Soul City would be a part of that partnership for you. And one of the ways that we want to partner with you is we asked this last week, if you had any parenting questions, will you try and save a little bit of time to get to at the end? And we had incredible questions that came in all across the spectrum. We certainly can't get to all of them in this moment. Um, we're gonna just take a few, but there are a few that we're gonna dive in deeper to, and I'm gonna be, we're gonna be writing about. Uh, so you can go to my site this week if you want at jarrettstevens.com and kind of look, we'll share when we post them up. We'll do some deeper dives to some of those amazing questions. Let's just take two really quickly here. Uh, first is, uh, how do you partner when both of you are working? Uh, and this person goes on to say, we really have challenges balancing two careers, managing childcare, who's doing what, and deciding whose super important meeting gets bumped for a run to the pediatrician. So that's some real world stuff there, right? So how do you do it when you're both working? How do you partner that way? And this is something we've had to figure out really from day one, because Jeannie works full-time here, I work full-time here, and we both worked as long as we've had kids, and obviously well before that. And so we just decided early on that if we're going to do that, because that's part of our calling that God gave us before we ever had kids, they're a part of our calling, but that's part of it as well, then we're going to have to be on the same page. And so I would say to this question, if both of you are working, or if you're a single parent who's trying to navigate and negotiate kind of with your ex and with childcare and all that kind of stuff, I think one of the most important things that you can incorporate is communication, mm -hmm. like clear communication. Jeannie says this all the time, communication is care. Communication is care. It shows that you care when you clearly communicate. And I think this is critical in that kind of partnership when you're both working, you both have different meetings and schedules and that sort of stuff. And so I can tell the weeks that the Sunday nights, 
as exhausted as we are on Sunday nights, that we sit down and we look through the next two weeks in our calendar. And we do. We walk all the way through. Okay, what about this meeting? Okay, where are you going to be? And we, have, we already kind of have our things that happen every week. I pick the kids up from school in these days. You pick them up from these days. But maybe some things will interrupt that. And so we'll walk all the way through it. Those weeks tend to go way smoother for us. Shocker. Less snags, less kind of petty fights because we've worked through, we've talked through it all. And not surprisingly, the weeks that we don't do that, we find out real quick. And we'll hit snags or bump into assumptions. Oh, I just thought you were going to do that. I thought you knew that. Well, I didn't tell you that. I didn't know why. So that communication is so critical that you sit down together and that you value the other person's thing equally. That you don't start off the conversation by saying, well, obviously we know that my job is more important because I make the most of the money in our family. So my meetings matter more than yours. Or obviously we know that, you know, my mind kind of matters more because it had, you know my boss and I can't do, I just think that's, you got to come and say, your thing is as important as my thing. Let's work together to find a solution. And one of the things we learned early on from our uh, former boss and pastor down in Atlanta, Andy Stanley, he has this phrase that he calls choosing to cheat. And he says, you're going to have to cheat on something in your life. Between work and family, it just never seems like there's never enough time to do it all. So if you're going to choose to cheat on one of them, which one are you going to cheat on? Your work or your family? And what he said and taught us, and I believe is true, is I'm always going to cheat on (laughs) y'all. I am. I'm going to choose my wife and I'm going to choose my kids over y'all every time. And if I have to leave work a little bit early, or if that means I have to kind of negotiate and figure out, come in a little early because I need to leave 30 minutes early to make it to my kids' game, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to choose to cheat because my goal is to be the only dad they ever have. Anyone can do this job. A thousand dudes right now can come and do this job. A thousand women can come and do Jeannie's job right now. But my goal is to be their only dad. Her goal is to be their only mom. And so we choose to cheat. And there's times you're going to have to say to your boss, you know what, I can't. Because they matter more. This matters more. It's tough, but it comes with, you know, clear communications key. Another question that came in was this question. Do you have any in-the-moment advice for when you are super angry with your children? How do you stay calm and not get angry when kids are not listening or doing what you asked them to do? I have never had this situation. Yeah, it was very... We had to look this up to see that this is really a thing. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've never had to work through this, but I've talked to a few people, yeah. read a few books this week. And I want to start by saying something that sometimes I think it's overlooked. Anger is not a sin. Okay? Anger is a very natural emotion. You're going to experience it in your lifetime. In fact, if you don't experience it, You should start figuring out why. (laughs) Anger is very natural. It's it's very normal for things to make you angry, for you to experience anger. It's what you do with your anger that often leaves us in a wake of regret. It's what we do when we experience anger that causes us to look back and go, oh my gosh, how did I get here? And I would say to this specific question, especially to those of you that have little ones and, you know, and they have temper tantrums or they have moments or they, you know, stomp their foot or they just flail around or they cry or, you know, whatever it is, one of the best things that you can do when you are feeling that revving, when you are feeling that, oh man, 
I feel out of control. I feel anxious. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm about to say something that I really don't want to say. And sometimes it's really hard because it just starts coming, right? And it's like, it's going out. I don't know what to do. I can't get it back in my mouth, right? Breathe. Breathe as a parent. It sounds like really silly advice, but there is something that happens when you take a breath, when you calm in that moment, when you just let yourself literally set a timer on your phone. Take 60 seconds. Say to your child, honey, mommy is feeling a lot of feelings right now. <laughs> all the feels are here. They're all present. And they're not about you. I need to take a minute because I love you and I care about you and I want to be a good mommy. I want to be a good daddy. I'm going to just breathe for a minute. I'm going to put you in this room over here. Your father and I created it. It's padded. Um, cost us a little bit of money, but you're going to be safe here for a minute. Your mommy gets it together, okay? And, and I know that it's silly. I know that's funny. There have been so many moments where I just needed a physical timeout. My child didn't need the timeout, guys. I needed the timeout. Mm -hmm. I needed the space. I needed the mental ability to just step away for a second and go, how do I want this story to go? How do I want to react right now? What, what, what is the very best kind of parenting that I can offer in this moment? And I would say, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. I do it all the time. One of the greatest gifts that you can give back to your child, if you do, if you don't have the padded room, if you don't have the moment to take a space, if you don't take the breath, if you say something that you really wish you hadn't had said, just say, I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I don't know why it is that we are so um, determined to teach our kids to say, I'm sorry, and yet there's a whole bunch of adults walking the planet that are unwilling to do it. Mm. Tell kids all the time, make sure you say thank you. Make sure you say you're sorry. Make sure you do that. Why wouldn't we do the same? Why wouldn't we model that same beauty that is found in forgiveness? In our family, we call it a three-fold apology. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And our kids know this now. So like if we just kind of skirt out and we're like, I'm sorry, Gigi, I, I shouldn't have done that. She's like, I need the full three steps, mom. <laughs> what was it that you did wrong, mom? <laughs> That's actually real. That happens. That's real. It's not a story that I made up. That happened in the last seven days more than once. And so own it, own it. You saying to your kids, I'm sorry, is such a great gift that you can offer them. You saying to your partner, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. in front of them. Yes. What a great gift. You're modeling forgiveness. Listen, I wanna teach my kids how to grow up and find an amazing partner one day. And the best way they're gonna see how to do that is by watching this. So those are the three 
No, that was earlier in that the message. Earlier. Um, Just this question. Yeah, that's this question here. Yeah. Um, but that is what I would say as far as how to handle those moments when you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and angry. So there's tons more questions that we'll try and get to over the course of this next week. But we, what we want to do is actually leave you with two questions that we think can have the power to uh, reframe, even transform how you parent. So if anyone here is a parent or wants to be a parent one day or has parents and you're wondering how to kind of understand the relationship you had with them, two questions I want you to jot down and think about and I want you to bring into conversation over the course of this next week. First question is this, how's our partnership? To ask of your spouse, your partner, your community, your nanny, even we did this recently, how are we doing? How's our partnership? You'd be amazed at what you might find out. And when you ask the question, let me just give you a little follow-up thought there. Listen to what they say. Mm. Don't come defensive. Don't come with your already, yeah, well, I, but you don't understand. That was just that one time. Listen. We asked our nanny, Ashley, recently, like, hey, how are we doing? She's like, well, it seems that you guys think that five o'clock means 5.15. Or, you know, she said it very lovingly and clearly. We're like, you're right. We were slipping. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Course correction. Back on track. That's better partnering right there. How's our partnership? Those of you who are spouses and parents together, what if you asked that question of each other this afternoon, this evening? Those of you who are trying to navigate all this tricky stuff with your ex, what if you could have a healthy as possible conversation with them and just say, how are we doing it, doing this as together as possible? Is there anything, now here's the follow-up question, is there anything I can do to help? How can I actually help you? Powerful follow-up question. How can I help you? Because this is what it's actually at, at its core of partnering, is serving the other. How can I help you? I, I've got all my list of how you can help me in my life, my agenda, my schedule. How can I actually help you? Can you imagine, those of you who are parents, if your co-parent came to you and said, hey, how can I help you this week? What? what? You know, you're like, well, I'm glad you asked. You roll out your list of things, right? <laughs> Powerful question to ask, for you to ask. How can I help you? Because maybe there's some things you thought were helping that aren't. Or maybe some things you thought they just kind of had covered, they don't. They need your help. This is a great invitation into our inadequacies to say, how can I help you? How can I come alongside you and partner with you? And our hope is that our church would be just that. We want to partner with you as parents, future parents one day. We want to help. How can we help? Do you know that's what every single volunteer who's upstairs right now at Soul City Kids, that's why they're here. They want to help you. They want to partner with you. Amazing volunteers who every week love on your kids and pour into them and lead and love them in a spiritual way. What a gift. Because mm. you know what they want to do? They want to help. And our hope is that you'd find that partnership here at this church, that you'd find people to partner with you in the impossible task of parenting. So what we want to do is pray over you, pray for you, pray with you. We're going to ask you to stand if you would. And we want to close out our time right now in prayer. And we take a posture and a position of prayer here all the time. We open our hands up, and that's a great posture of prayer. And so maybe for you, the opening of your hands is opening up saying, God, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. So you open your hands up. Maybe it's, God, I'm open to being the kind of parent you want me to be, either today or one day when I have kids. Mm -hmm. I'm open to humbling myself and asking those questions. How are we doing? How can I help? 
So if you would take the posture of openness with God, we're going to close in a word of prayer together right now. Let's pray together. God, thank you for what Jeannie talked about, for what we see woven all throughout the Bible, and we couldn't even possibly imagine the truth of in our own lives that you are a perfect father. You are a perfect father more than we can even comprehend. And you parent us uniquely in partnership with the Spirit and the Son. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take the truth that we heard today to the right places, take it into a better place and position of partnership in our parenting. Jesus, thank you for grace that you made available to us for when we fail and when we fall, Mm -hmm. that we can offer that and receive that. We can offer it to our kids, receive it even from our kids. Help us in this task to parent more like you. And I pray above all else that people would be greatly aware of your perfect love for every single one of us today. Mm -hmm. For those of us who feel like failures as parents, for those of us who feel like that's something so far off, that we would just know that you love us perfectly right where we're at right now today. And we thank you for that, God. And we're grateful to partner with you as that third strand that holds our life together. It's in your name that we pray.